0: Hello, FPL managers, welcome to the FPL optimized podcast. This is episode number 75. So it's a bit of a milestone on our way towards a hundred episodes. Let's see if and when we will reach it. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sir Top, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. We are still in the midst of the very long game week 21. So instead of covering our usual content, today will be a Q and A session again. And Sertalp, for this one, I believe you've asked for help from some of your analytics friends. Is that right? That's correct because it felt like
1: I'm giving like some one sided answers time to time. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm also repeating myself. Um okay. so yeah. just to have a you know different point of view, I asked help uh from five people. Um I will Who? introduce them very briefly. Uh the first one is Talha Nadim. Uh, it's Talha underscore nadim underscore ninety on Twitter. Um he's a fixture expert and he's an analytics Discord community member. Uh, you can often find him discussing fixtures, like Premier League fixtures, with Ben Krellin on Twitter. Okay. Um, Excellent. And Alastair, uh it is Ted Lasso Regen in our Discord. Um, he's, again, uh, a fixture expert. He was also a guest to our pod last season. Uh, some yep. of our uh, listeners might remember. Um, he is expert at collecting information from various sources about these fixtures and also... He has great insight about uh, chip timings. And the third person is FPL Chase. Uh, it's FBL yeah. underscore Chase. He was also a guest. Um, mm-hmm. And he's an analytics FPL legend who stopped playing FPL uh, this season. And mm-hmm. the fourth person is uh, Neil Rankin. Um, you probably hear Neil Rankin's name every episode. Uh, he's our uh, projection data expert. He helps Great. with, um, evaluating their accuracy. And then he also does some predictive analytics, uh, for his, like, real job. Cool. Um, and finally, the fifth person is Fantasmall Trout. Again, he was a guest. Uh, it is FF underscore Trout on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the most colorful personalities in FPL analytics Twitter, uh, wickedly smart and also one of the experts in optimization for FPL. So. They helped me with answering some of
0: these questions in today's episode. Oh, that's great! And thanks everyone for participating. And uh, just to avoid any misunderstanding, so they are not joining us live, right? So you just uh, collected their answers.
1: Yeah, it's too many people for us to host. Yeah, like (laughs) easily. So
0: try the next time.
1: (laughs) I forwarded questions to them. I got their answers, so I will try to uh, like phrase their answers uh, as much as I can. And you too. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's start then as uh, we probably have quite a bit to cover mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we will start with a question that you asked to Neil, uh, about the quality and accuracy of the data projections, as that's a topic, uh, <coughs> we have started other ports with as well. So yeah, tell us a bit about the, the discussion you had with him.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, so my question to Neil was, now that we have half season worth of data projections, it is probably a good time to ask, what would you personally use if you were playing the you know FPL game just with projections? Uh, would yeah. you use a single source or a mix of them or try to use some wisdom of the crowd? And also, what's the most interesting thing you have noticed about projections while okay. checking their accuracy? And his answer was, uh, what I have been struck by is how close most of the models are picking the best 45 players each game week. So, Hmm. in parentheses, I will explain. So, in some of the episodes, we were uh, using a utility measure. So, we were getting only the top 45 players from every model and then collecting their actual FPL points to see which model will be on top. Um, Yeah. So... We were thinking the difference will be huge when we were taking the experiments initially, but then we realized that the differences are not that big, actually, like between different models. Yeah. So I will continue now. He says, yes, there are some differences. Models like Review, Mikael, and Fantasy Ball Scott seem to be slightly better at picking players who score high. And Fix seem to be particularly good at picking goalkeepers. But there's a lot of random variation in outcomes, So I think we shouldn't read too much into this. Interestingly, he said, some of the best performing models over 20 game weeks are ensembles, Hmm. um, which are slightly outperforming their components. So there are Hmm. potential gains to using more more than one model. Hmm. Also potentially to sense check. Combining two or three models potentially is useful, but there seems to be limited benefit to combining more than that okay given the relative similarities between models i think bigger gains are not in identifying the players with the highest ev but in the optimization and solvers and he said he says you're an expert on startup but also strategies around chips navigating blanks and doubles etc right um so i think yeah I agree with him about the similarities especially f b i review and Mikhail Tokbaum, even though like sometimes cap- in captaincy they have different opinions um yeah. like most of the projections they seem to be checking out like there are not too many differences between them, but occasionally yeah. you know there are certain players who are different, and most of these yeah. differences though are coming from uh minute projections uh I yeah. should add so sometimes you know one of the projection models think that this player will play or start the game but the other model doesn't think so so those kind of things are a little bit different but if you have a good model i think well eventually the projections look very similar
0: yeah no this is great and i think to your point i mean we have been talking about this before so it's great to also now get the view from someone else like like Neil um and like what you said about or what he said about the ensemble i think we talked about that before as well that that you're also taking now certain weights and and you're using the ensemble because you're seeing that that one is performing better um so is that then also now already kind of a conclusion from this season or is this something you already kind of knew before um
1: i think well (laughs) deep down we knew about it because usually ensembles are better than single source of data Um, okay. Usually, though, uh, because yeah. like, we don't know how they are building these projections, and some of the FBL models are really—I I can say the time that they're bad. Uh, like, yeah. seems very lazy uh, in one no. way because, like, yeah. you know, you know that the player is probably, like, for example, out for next game week, but the projection model still shows that right. the player has some EV, which is weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. As long as you know like which players will play and then which fixtures they have like you know yeah. data like people people use the same input data anyway like we are checking underlying performances and then yeah. we are trying like checking the underlying performance of the teams and then trying yeah. to predict so it's not surprising that the ensemble is doing no. better but okay. uh, the problem is well obviously we are checking in hindsight um, yeah. so like before. The gaming happened. You don't know which yeah. mix will give you the best solution, so yeah, mixing okay. it nice. But
0: yeah, yeah, and I think shouldn't. like this season is the first time that you started tracking the data, right? So now we really have some some proof
1: publicly, yes. But I was also tracking last season <laughs> <laughs> uh, privately. Okay, got it.
0: All right, cool. Okay, well, that's a good start to the pot. Thanks for uh, answering that, and thanks also Neil for your contribution. Uh, For the next question, uh, we'll switch to the topic of chip strategies, because that's becoming a hot topic with some doubles uh, that have been confirmed now for game week 25. Uh, City and Brantford are doubling and potentially there could be a few more games even going into that double game week, for example, also for Liverpool so yeah many managers are looking at this now to play one of their chips and eric nas Unstadt was asking about that he was saying triple captain or bench boost what is the deal for game week 25 and i would like to add the free hit to that as well Mm -hmm. i've seen it being discussed a little bit on twitter and i think the reason for that is that i think especially liverpool So they might have a double in 25, but then they might also blank in 26. So potentially that could be a tricky one. Like if you load up on them for 25, yeah, then uh, you might have uh, too many of their players in 26. So that's why I think the free hit is being considered. But um, yeah, I guess we'll probably limit our answers by looking at the triple captain and bench boost for this one, Sir Top. Or did you have any thoughts about uh, free hit as well?
1: Yeah, even though free hit might sound like a good idea, I think it applies to a rather small subset of managers. Uh We knew about Game Week 25, like the potentially, you know, having a double and then maybe blank uh, for some yeah. teams Um in a while. So people had enough Game Weeks to prepare. Uh So yeah. when it happens, there is rarely for free hit to make a big impact. Well, obviously it does when it is like a Team that you don't own or like not heavily owned by anyone so that you can try to get those players like for example some of sometimes you know um, you know weaker teams they get a double but you don't want to hold them for too long but double is nice so yeah yeah, I mean Liverpool I mean you can you know have them and then bench for the blank Um, so I don't think it will be too much too difficult for anyone so, I see no. a rather limited benefit from free hit, but okay. for some teams, if you are well set up for it, yeah, why not? But yeah, okay. I think triple captain and bench boost usage will be more common, at, at least yeah. among analytics players.
0: Yeah. Um, but maybe yeah. maybe one, one thing that could uh, be uh, of having an impact here is, is, is Salah, right? Because yes. a lot of people sold Salah. He's at the Africa Cup and it might be difficult to bring him back so if you want to have him back for the double game gaming 25 and you don't find another way then maybe that could be another argument to potentially consider free it but of course yeah then after that you still have the problem because you still need to bring him back but that could yeah. maybe maybe uh be considered there
1: as well yeah 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 and talha and Alistair's answers kind of reflect that i will just oh, okay uh, go over them
0: yeah let's um, go for, let's go to that um, then sorry mm-hmm. i didn't see that. Yet.
1: no no it's that's okay um, so Talha said, I usually don't like to be on the fence, but this really team, this this one is really team dependent. Yeah. I'm always quite inclined to bench boost with the bench yeah. players also doubling. So, yeah. game week 25 uh, won't suit me, he says. Mm. Uh, assuming Liverpool Luton Town does end up being added to double game week 25, then yeah. triple captain on either Holland or Salah will be viable. Yeah. And and the caveats obviously around Holland's expected minutes and also Salah's uh, like potential return from, yeah. uh, AFCON. Right. Bench boost could be viable if you have assets from Newcastle, Tottenham, Brighton or Aston Villa going into 25. But I wouldn't force into bench boost by taking several hits unless you are using it as a building block to a blank game week 29 players. He okay. said, and and I also asked the same question to Alistair, and he said, Assuming Liverpool and Lutontown double in the Game Week 25, as has been widely projected and discussed, the most popular yeah. chip used in Game Week 25 will be Triple Captain.
0: Yeah.
1: People like to use their Triple Captain chips first. And yeah, I agree. And if okay. Salah has typically higher expected minutes for both games, his EV will likely be more than 14. Mm-hmm. And if Holland is back to having eighty plus minutes, his expected value will be over twelve also, so mm-hmm. both will be clear the twelve e v threshold we often use for triple captain as a chip okay. however bench boost is certainly worth evaluating as an alternative, he says, and he says he's strongly considering it himself too okay all right for teams with five. More than like five double game 25 players and only one or fewer Chelsea players already in their current squads. Um, and within parentheses, it says Chelsea play Manchester City away in gaming 25. So yeah. it will be tough to bench boost with it. Yeah, One may be able to organically build into be- bench boost 25 with an EV of tw- 17 plus, which is attractive okay. compared to benchmarks. Um <clears throat> By using right. one free transfer to move one backup goalkeeper to Kaminski or Flacken. And otherwise pretty normal flexible moves. Yeah. Triple captain could be played later in the season. So this part is important. So he says triple captain could be played later in the season. While not certain, it strikes me as likely there will be another triple captain opportunity with an EV higher than twelve. Um, and there is a risk that later bench boost strategies will prove disappointing or costly in terms of transfers this season, given the likely significant gap in time between second wildcard and the likeliest big double game week, which will happen in game uh, week 37. Okay. Ooh, that was a long answer. Yeah, There's a
0: lot, uh, there's a lot to digest there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, so I kind of agree. I mean, it depends on whether Salah is back or not, but if he's back, then obviously a triple captain yeah. will be great to use it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, again, oh, I like
0: what uh, what Alistair is saying there. I mean, again, he's saying a lot, but uh, so yeah, to the point made that typically you want to triple captain someone if there is at least an EV of 12 or more and he's saying that's probably the case now but that might also be the case later so there is an Mm -hmm. argument to save your triple captainship um and with the bench boost yeah typically we want to wild card and then bench books boost the week after in a double game week and he says that this season that that's quite difficult to do as probably the biggest double game week will only be in game week 37.
1: Yes. And likely,
0: happens. I guess, we'll free I uh, will wildcard more around game week thirty, game week thirty one, I guess, most people.
1: Yeah, Alistair uh, usually um, uses a different chip strategy than most uh people okay. do. He he spends yeah. really like time on this and then he comes yeah. up with uh like interesting answers. So yeah. I I kind of like asked him as a follow up question. Yeah. I asked, um What chip strategy do you think will end up being optimal for uh, like massive data or plank rank? Obviously, there are lots of unknowns, but for people who are not bothered enough to go into details, would you be willing to keep your bench boost or triple captain chip for later? And as a follow-up, what game week should we be optimizing our teams until? I ask this question, by the way, because uh, the way we are doing optimization, we are just you know, getting 12 game week horizon or 8 game week, depending on how you look at it. And we are optimizing over it. But if you include yeah. that, then it will way past the ideal time to wildcard. So I was kind yeah. of asking what should be what we should be using as a dead end. Okay. I said obviously we will use wildcard 2 before other chips probably. So will yeah. you solve problem with maximum horizon or would you use any game week in this horizon as a soft dead-end game week. And Alistair said, <clears throat> for the uh, latter question, the latest wildcard I have seen suggested as a possible, possibly optimal here is wildcard 33. Okay. So I think I will cut the horizon to 11. Wildcard 36 and bench boost 37 is theoretically possible, but I can not mm-hmm. see if being optimal given how late that will be and tricky periods we need to navigate between here and then. No. Answering the first question is extremely hard with little definitive cup info as we have currently, but from my right. limited experience, hindsight optimal chip strategies often look a bit wacky <laughs> and involve wildcarding in a blank. But after the point where we have pretty definite double game week information, so if forced to guess right now, I would go something weird and wonderful like bench boost 25, triple captain 28 on Solanke, assuming Sheffield United and Luton Down double game week for Bournemouth. Okay. Wildcard yeah. 29 and free hit 34. Oh, wow. Most common strategy amongst engaged managers will likely be triple captain 25, wildcard 21, right. free hit 34, and bench boost 37. Right. I think in part because Bankrillian, Press, and James all seem to be leaning <laughs> in that direction currently. And yeah. they are very key chip strategy influencers. But he added, most common chip strategy rarely fares poorly in MD terms because they are thoughtful, but that doesn't necessarily make it the very best,
0: in my opinion, he said. Hmm. Some kind of like a controversial comment at the end. Yeah, it's super interesting, all of this. Because of course, that's also something you can consider, like what are, let's say, some of the top content creators recommending. And that's why, you know, you could maybe expect the field to do that. And maybe you can have an edge if you do something else, of course, again, like we talked in the, in the past is always the balance between risk and reward, but if we take the learning here from Alistair saying that hindsight learnings here from previous season is always that. The optimal chip strategy was something that maybe not many people expected so if you consider it like this then maybe we should think a bit out of the box this time
1: yeah i mean yeah then yeah this chip strategy the common chip strategy we can call it like 25 triple captain 31 wildcard hit 34 yeah. and then bench boost 37 um well if you do that Uh, Well, and assuming that you will stick to the template for most of your picks for wildcard and free hit, then Mm. there is a limited opportunity for improving your rank. I mean, your rank will improve because people have been using their chips very early, so you will pass those people. And then some people will make poor choices, you will pass those people too. But among the, the people who are using the same chip strategy... Yeah. Then yeah, your chance gets lower. So I kind of see yeah. the merit in going with a different chip strategy. So like I was talking about differential, and you can differentiate your chip strategy and make a, a right. big impact uh, on your season. Yeah, no,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, because
1: like I I have seen in last seasons that like for example in analytics league, most of the people use the same chip strategy. Like there's, there's a big correlation. But yeah. if you, if you check the top hundred at the end of the season. They come up with really interesting chip strategies. Like you would think yeah. that it wouldn't work, but they got lucky somehow. Yeah. Ah, um, no, that's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I mean, they're top hundred. Yeah.
1: Like even in the mini league now, like our work mini league and SAS Mini yeah. League. Um, if I use the same chip in the same game week with the, you know, other sh- like people yeah. in the league, it makes me upset. Like I want to you know uh, you want to make more points on them, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, but even, you know, the level we're thinking about it, like I think also Alistair said, he says, you know, it's a common strategy amongst engaged managers, but I would say the, the group of engaged managers. Yeah, it's, it's yes, quite it a big strong. group. but yes. it's still, it's still, let's say a small part of the whole FBL community. So I think even if you follow that, let's say common strategy. You should gain rank, of course, of course, versus let's say the casual or the less engaged managers. But if you yeah. really want to stand out so, and maybe win the game, then <laughs> you might have to do something else. I mean,
1: for example, at my rank, like I, I think my season yeah. is going really well so far. yeah so yeah. I will be inclined to right. use this common chip strategy because like I'm not right. taking any unnecessary risk. I'm just hoping yeah. that some of the you know minor differentials I have, Will give yeah. me a boost to in, in, yeah. like improve my rank, maybe to enter top 10 yeah. k But if I, if I was quite far and then I didn't see any uh, like other way to improve my rank, I think we also have a yeah. question on this. But yeah, like a different That's true. strategy would be interesting.
0: Well, but even for you, I mean, if your objective is to still be, let's say, top 1K or top 500, then you might also have to do something else, right? So it's also even at your rank. A decision of, yeah, do you want to play defensive and kind of are you happy where you are or do you still want to attack it?
1: So, triple captain Solanke, you're saying, okay. No, I don't know. But But I like the idea. It's such a good double
0: game week, like Sheffield United and Luton Town, potentially. Yeah, and both at home, if I am looking at it here correctly, Mm -hmm. uh, if that's confirmed. So, yeah, that that could be interesting. Yeah, and I'm just looking at that uh, game week 25. Doubles again. So I think for City, they play against Chelsea and Brentford at home. And for Liverpool, it's then Brentford away, Luton at home. So yeah, City two home games. Maybe not the easiest opponents, but yeah, City at home. If Haaland is in form, of course, it's a great opportunity to go uh, with the triple captain uh, chip on him. But he hasn't played yet. So uh, I think it's still a question mark. Let's see what will happen during the next game weeks. Yeah. And then for Liverpool, Brentford away, Luton at home. That's quite a good combination as well. Of course, especially the home game against Luton. Mm-hmm. But also on that one, uh, the candidate would be Salah. Um, let's see how he performs in the Af- Africa Cup. When will he come back? In what type of form will he come back? We still remember uh, the last Africa (laughs) Cup, and I think some people are talking about that, right? Salah came back, and uh, he didn't do much after the Africa Cup. So So, it's uh, funny because like
1: it's a bit difficult. I was talking to my wife about it, and that was the season I think she was playing FPL. All right, but yeah, like I like she asked me like why I don't have Salah in my team, and I said he's on african cup of nations and she said oh no <laughs> and then oh, yeah. Yeah, even she knows about it so you remember that <laughs> yeah <she remembers. laughs> that's cool yeah
0: all right but yeah <laughs> he might be back sooner maybe yeah, because i think the first game they almost lost it they just uh equalized in the last yeah. minute so i don't know i'm not i'm not really following the africa cup so i don't know how you know how the team is looking but uh, yeah we should keep an eye on that of course yeah yeah Okay, all right, great discussion. Um, yeah, we've been talking quite a lot now about uh, triple captaincy, free hit, bench boost and uh, you know, using solvers to find optimal strategies. Mm-hmm. And as we also mentioned, there are certain EV thresholds that then are typically being considered. We covered this in the previous podcast as well. Uh, but let's dive again a little bit deeper into this one because we also had a question on it from uh, Football Metrics FPL.
1: Football, football metrics FBL asked this question. There are some universal constants in the FBL analytics community, like wildcard is worth 20 EV, pre-hit is worth 15 EV, and bench boot is worth 12 EV, and also money in the bank is 0.3 per million per game week. Some of these were calculated a while ago when analytics was in its infancy. Do these values still apply, or is there room for an update? And yeah. so, I forwarded this question to Trout, actually, because uh, like, I had an idea, but I wasn't really sure. Trout spent more time on, uh, actually, especially investigating money in the bank uh, aspect. Okay. So I will just read his answer. Yeah. He says, I will com- completely reject any notion that 03 points per 1 million in the bank is a global constant it is totally variable changing all the time sometimes it's a massive overestimate and sometimes an underestimate this season i have measured it three times and it's taken the following values in game week two it was 0.3 in game week three it was 0.35 and in game week 20 it's 0.29 okay in other seasons it's ranged all the way from zero to zero 0.2 to 0.45 and gone from 0.2 to 0.35 in the same season. It requires constant measurement and observation over a long period of time to understand and predict. Yeah, essentially I agree that the the value in the bank, um, the the value of having money in the bank, it changes depending on you know what are the potential moves. What are the potential upgrades, Uh, what does the field look like, and if there's any uncertainty. And the second answer, I don't share the instinct that they are are much less for optimal play, or at least the effect is quite marginal and the value is quite similar for all good teams. Playing optimally should really imply playing chips optimally too. Very often having a strong team in a non-free-hit game week implies that your non-free-hit team in a free-hit game week is relatively weak. Due to the fact that they are often used to navigate through teams that have, that have both blank game weeks and double game weeks. Difficult concept to explain though. In his final tweet, yes, playing wildcard at, at a time when the team is optimal is obviously going to be less effective. These values describe what most value the wildcard is likely to hold in a normal season, normal half season, given that our teams are not likely to remain optimal. ...rather than the value we might expect at any given time. We have had mm. half seasons where wildcard has been worth less than 10 points at most... ...and half seasons where it, it has been worth more than 35 points. For what it's worth, I think 20 points is a slight overestimate for first wildcard. Right. And he said, I'd like to use 16 or 18 these days. And mm. it's an underestimate for second wildcard... Although wildcard 2 is difficult to view in isolation, it's usually paired with bench boost to product something better than the sum of, of an isolated wildcard and isolated right. bench boost. And he finally says I would like to add that although FBL Analytics was in it was in its relative infancy, back when we drafted values like these, very little progress has been made on questions about chip value before or since. Only thing that is different now is that we had have five seasons to mull on it. Okay. <laughs> Again, A long answer, but yeah. yeah. So some of these values, I mean, it's just um, like rule of thumb, but uh, they do not necessarily indicate a threshold that you need to use your chips if they're over this. Uh, it depends on the field. Like if we can have the projections until game week 38, like suppose we know all the doubles and then blanks, then chips doesn't have a value. Like you can use them whenever they're optimal you don't need to put a threshold to them. And then if you optimize it, you you can see which game they will be optimal. The problem is, we don't know how the blanks and doubles will fall. And that changes. So it should be really your, you know, what you are expecting from the season. And that's why it's kind of important to follow the experts like, you know, Ben Krellin, Talha, uh, Alastair, because they give more insight about what the potential blanks and doubles will be. So you can yeah. maybe like adjust your expect expectations.
0: For example, yeah. we talked about you know potential doubles. But well, yeah. Okay. Wow. But uh yeah, we have some really smart people in the community. I think that's one of the conclusions from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at the <Yeah>. <laughs> answers. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thank you, Trout. Um let's see. What's the next question? Oh, I have a question to you, actually. Okay. Um,
1: <clears throat> so, Brantford lost uh, in the cup, and it means they won't black in Game week 29 and they, mm-hmm. they will have more fixtures between Game week 25 to Game week 29 than other teams. Oh. Um, but they are very difficult fixtures. So, do you consider players like Tony? Because I I feel like there's a chance he will be popular among FPL managers, now that he's back.
0: Yeah, and I think especially for this game week, yeah, they have a attractive fixture against Nottingham uh, yeah. coming weekend. I Think I saw some people even captaining him, so that's quite a bold move. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. I see the appeal of Tony because, of course, we still know him as a as a top goal scorer, uh, and yeah, Brentford. We know they have a good team. I think they're struggling now a little bit, especially also because Mbuemo has been out. So they they lost some attacking power. But with Tony, you know, they will get uh, some of that back, of course. But yeah, personally, I'm not considering it for a few reasons. One is that he just didn't play for a long time. Even though uh, I'm sure he trained a lot, he must be uh, super fit. But it's not the same. I think he, he misses that kind of game rhythm. Uh, but again, you know, he might score uh, two or three goals against Nottingham <laughs> and then people will probably jump on him. But uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll rather just wait and see. Um, but I'm also looking, let's say, beyond Nottingham because uh, I think that first game looks good. After that, it gets tougher. Just looking at it here, they play against Tottenham in game week 22. Then they play against City. Uh, then again, they play against Wolves, then Liverpool uh then there is West Ham Chelsea Arsenal so quite some tough fixtures in there so from that perspective uh Brentford doesn't look too appealing to me and then the third point I'm also considering is that you know there are just a lot of alternatives right even if you consider it as a third attacker or as a fifth midfielder there are a lot of different people we can bet on for example, I like uh, Isaac at the moment as a, as a shout, even mm-hmm. though Wilson might be fit as well. But, you know, Isaac scores a lot of goals, plays for a good team. They have good fixtures coming up. So if I would be taking a bet, I think I would be rather taking it on Isaac than on, on Tony. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, some people want to jump on him early, try to, to get some advantage. I won't be doing it, but uh, how are you thinking about it, sort of?
1: Yeah, I agree, and also the fact that they're having really difficult fixtures. I mean, Liverpool, yeah. Manchester City, Arsenal—they all yeah. have good defense, yeah. so the collision probability will be high. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't immediately see him as an option, but potentially, maybe yeah. in the watch list. Like he might end up being optimal, but I yeah. doubt it. And especially for my team, I have other stuff that I had to replace. Um, Yeah, so we will see if it is confirmed. Yeah, maybe
0: beyond game week twenty-eight. Once they add the tough fixtures, and maybe if Mbuemo is back, and then of course you know Mbuemo and Tony in the same team, that will be really interesting. So, yeah, uh, yeah, let's 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 monitor it. I'm sure we'll come back on it here in this podcast and future episodes. All right, let's let's uh, let's take another question for you, uh, Sir Tom. And I think this one is one you will really like, as uh, I know that one of the reasons for you to, for example, do this podcast is that, you know, you're trying to increase uh, the interest of people in analytics in, in general. And uh, Slain LRF was asking about it. The question is, uh, what are some of the best websites for people to look at if they want to become better fantasy analytics players? What's your recommendation here?
1: Well, first of all, great question. Uh, We get this question a lot, so I will give an extended answer this time around. Um, In the world of FPL analytics, there are several approaches, uh, each suited to different levels of engagement and expertise. Um, So it's probably not a perfect analogy, but think of it as deciding how you enjoy your pizza from ready-made to homemade. So there are several degrees I will explain. The first one is ready-made so for those at uh, like seeking straightforward ready-to-use tools um yeah like for example fbl review is your go-to tool so it offers projections and at the same time automation tools to generate a plan so it's perfect for like time efficient analysis if you don't want to spend too much time on it and the second one is customize uh, so you can customize your pizza so if you prefer tweaking these projections using resources from FBI Review or Mikael Tokwam, and adding your personal touch, then this approach is for you. So what you can do is adju- adjusting expected minutes based on which you believe who will play in the game, yeah. or banning certain players or banning certain teams, maybe if you think they are not you know, a consideration, or doing something even more fancy, um, like banning you know, tripling from teams or maybe banning cross plays. So okay. it is more time-consuming. But highly personalized. Um, so FPR review also offers some control for these, like banning players and such. But you can also do even more by downloading the Python solver. And you it gives you more granular control over this optimization process. But again, this is more time consuming. You need to spend some time to well, customize your pizza. The yeah. third one is imitative. Uh, so you don't actually order a pizza, you don't customize it, but you eat other people's pizza. And so there are p- okay. players who prefer to follow footsteps of the established analytical managers. Uh. So it's a look, small minority, but essentially if you keep talking with other analytics managers, learn what they are doing, like when, are they, when they are wildcarding or you know, which players they are considering... And if you learn about their plans, it could help you play more analytically. So you don't need to invest, you know, too much time. You can keep right. your, you know, ways as an test manager, for example, bus. But if you keep yeah. talking with an analytical manager and then if you try to implement some of those strategies, then you are getting closer to playing analytically one way or okay. another.
0: So you mean with this one, it's not really a tool, but you can follow, let's say, analytical managers, for example, uh, via Twitter or X.
1: Twitter, and I will talk about at the end. But Discord's our okay. analytics Discord is a great sure. resource for it. And yeah. then the okay. port type is hybrid, and it is similar to like buying your dough uh, ready, but then okay. adding your own ingredients, um, your toppings. Yeah. So exactly toppings. So. At this point, it is worth mentioning that for analytical play, you need at least two pieces. The first one is projections. The second one is solving process, like solver optimization or algorithm. So, then in this hybrid method, you can either get ready-made projections, and then um, combine with your own developed algorithm, or you can generate your own projections and use a ready-made solver,
0: um,
1: like my Python solver. So, Uh, Sipiros Valoxis I I, I hope I don't butcher his name is a very good (laughs) example in this category he generates his own projections but he's using my Python solver to optimize it and he's doing pretty well and people seem to be having an interest in that and the fifth one is uh, do it yourself from scratch it's like all homemade Uh, so this is the most challenging yet most rewarding path Um, you First of all, you learn a lot, um, but you need to gather your own data, create your projections and develop your own solver or algorithm. There are Mm. websites like fbref.com which provide raw data. Also, fantasy websites like Fantasy Football, Scott, Hub, they also share uh, Opta data. You can even buy Opta data directly from Opta and then you can generate your own projections and use your own solver. Right. Um that should teach you how to do uh, like predictive analytics, prescriptive analytics, all that and, you know, develop a decision support tool for yourself. And yeah. for people who are interested, I I have a tutorial on YouTube for creating a mixed integer linear optimization solver if you want to, create, okay. you know, create one from scratch. And yeah. people have been using it those tutorials to also develop solvers for other fantasy games, I heard. But whichever path you choose i urge you to join our analytics discord community i think that's the mm-hmm. we- best website you can actually that can help you uh okay. and hang out with you know people who are also passionate about being a fantasy analytics manager not only for fpl but also for other fantasy right. games like sky fan team uh mm-hmm. we have people in very like from like various backgrounds um from people who are just starting to use projections all the way to people with graduate degrees in quantitative fields. So again, it's a long right? and mixed answer, but I hope it helps.
0: No, ah, this is super valuable and we should uh, document it somewhere so people can look back at it. I think okay. some really useful resources. Yeah. And for the discord, anyone can join it or are you guys being selective? No, anyone can join it. Uh, <laughs> I can share, share the link uh, in my Twitter okay. or
1: FPL optimized uh, Twitter now. We'll do that. Great.
0: Okay so uh yeah we'll have two more questions i think so one is from uh, willie fpl thank you willie and willie was asking with a rank outside the top 2 million what upside moves would you prioritize and this is a question i can relate to to be honest Uh, i have to admit i'm still also around that 2 million ranking even though uh, mid game week now I'm a little bit below it, so I hope
1: uh, it <laughs> yes. will be like this.
0: But uh, <laughs> still a few games to go. Um, but yeah, I I think to Willie's point, this is probably not where we expected to be at the start of the season. Where we're spending quite some time on this, we want to do as well as possible. So uh, what are what can we still do to increase our rank? And yeah, what what my approach will be. So I'll start sort up you can comment on it um sure. i will just focus on picking the the best players and what i mean with that is that you know i will just i will not think too much about who are the differentials but i will focus first on who are the best players as as let's say the essential question because i think from my point of view yeah we cannot win fpl anymore that that's for sure but on the other hand we still have 16 game weeks to play So that's Mm -hmm. still quite a lot. And I think there's still a lot that can be done in that amount of time. And I think if you go too crazy now and only go for differentials, then yeah, you could drop even further. So again, it depends a bit on how much risk you want to take. Uh, For me, I'll I'll keep focusing, let's say on the long game. Uh, There are certainly managers that lost interest, you know, that that are inactive or um, yeah, just not paying attention anymore. So I think just, by making the right picks, uh, we can already gain rank uh, automatically, I hope. (laughs) And the second point is what we discussed earlier. uh, Let's also focus on the chip strategy, right? I think there are a lot of people who don't take it that seriously and maybe they already used a triple captain or they already used a bench boost. Uh, Most of us, let's say the engaged managers, we still have our chips uh, available. So I think there is still a lot of rank we can gain also with that one and uh yeah whether then you go for let's say the common strategy uh or or you try to to come up with something creative i guess it doesn't matter too much uh there is just you know whatever you do with with the chip still in hand uh, there is still also rank we can gain with that so i will certainly be uh be be planning for that uh for for you know my second wild card triple captain bench boost free hip free hit and then hopefully uh those will work out so that's a bit what i'm planning to do nothing you know no no rocket science but just trying to to uh yeah go for the for yeah as i said right the right players and uh, think about my chip strategy and hopefully i can gain some rank like that yeah do you have any other recommendations sir Tom?
1: No, well, not other recommendation, but I agree with what you said. Like As our earlier examples show, chip timings will be very critical. Almost 1 million people use their second wildcard already. So there's a great potential to rise in the ranks for people who are still holding it towards the final quarter of the season. Um, Well, doubles and blanks will be really fun to navigate around. Uh, You don't need to do anything crazy, as you mentioned. But for Mm. mini leagues, you can consider captaining the... The player your rival doesn't have, or maybe less likely to captain, if the projections are close, um, yeah. because in like, limited time games like FPL, towards the end, if you are trailing, you need to increase the risk factor a little bit. Yes, you can fall yeah. behind, but it is maybe it's your only chance to make it yeah. up. But doing it too early is not good. Um, and then, if your rank doesn't improve in the fifth game weeks, then well, then you can consider going rogue with more differentials, yeah. sacrificing EV for lower owned players and a captaincy, yeah. and yeah. So then you play, especially your wild card towards game week 31-ish.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. So Willie, uh, I hope you find that helpful, and good luck with climbing the ranks. Uh, we'll, we'll be following you, that's for sure. Mm-hmm all right so uh we talked a lot in this podcast today and we took fpl very seriously again so i think to uh to counterbalance that a little bit we'll end with the question uh that you asked to chase because chase is actually a a manager who was very engaged but then stopped playing so let's see what his perspective now is on the game yeah
1: i asked him how do you feel mentally now that you haven't played at least half season do you have any intention of coming back? Is it better to be outside of FPL discussions now or do you miss it? And he said, I do miss being involved in more technical debates around FPL. I do miss running solvers, <laughs> and yeah. I miss planning aspect of it for sure. However, the freed headspace I had this half season has been very rewarding. I'm definitely a lot more chilled over the weekends. Plus I don't uh-huh. get worked up by my FPL timeline on uh, X anymore quite honestly, I don't think I will be playing again. When you take a step back and recognize the imbalance between effort spent and rewards, it is hard to see me getting into it again. But
0: of course, never say never. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) So, uh, any reflection from you on this? Well, I'm jealous of him. Actually, (laughs) stopped playing
1: uh, because like, well, Let's confess. Like we all, time to time, think about it. Like we get angry, and then we're like, "Why, why, why am I playing this game? I'm gonna stop playing." Yeah. But then it's kind of like an addiction. Um yeah. Well, for most people, it gives a good opportunity to connect with other people. Like I, yeah, I made lots of friends like over playing FPL, yeah. like more than yeah. in recent years, like more than anything. I guess anything else from my other hobbies. So, from that perspective, like, I don't see it as detrimental, like, overall, but the game itself is so, like, exhausting, like, it's, uh, like, you need to think about it, and over the weekend, sometimes, like, your happiness is tied to how your, like, fantasy players will perform, Um, and sometimes, also, highs are not that high, but the lows are really low, like, when you get unlucky. From that perspective, I think the optimal will be playing this game enough to make some friends and also maybe, you know, keep getting involved with the community one way or another. But actually stop playing FPL at one point, I think. I know that people have been playing fantasy games more than, I don't know, like maybe 20 years and they are still Mm. doing it. When I see them, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. But for Mm. me personally, I'm a very emotional person. So yeah. that's why I want to do what Chase did at one point. Yeah. Maybe after I win the FPL, I will definitely quit.
0: Oh, after, after you it. win, all right. <laughs> okay, well that that could take a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I have a bit the same reflection. I mean, uh, I guess it's just about not taking it too seriously. But it's quite difficult, of course, if you spend time on it and you 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 try to do well. Um, I think it's about managing maybe the frustration. You know. If, Especially as you, what you said, managing those kind of lows, kind of accept the variance and accept that you 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 made probably the right decision, but it's not always working out. But it's fun when it works. But it can also, to your to your point, it can also be quite stressful, as we all know. Like you know, take last week. Like I captain Salah, and Salah was playing in the in the final game, and then. You're sitting there all the, the whole weekend. You know all the other players already scored quite some points, and you need to wait for your captain to play, yeah. and you need to hope that he will deliver. And then he misses a penalty, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, in the most... end he still scores two goals. So that was that was a that probably sums it up, right? That 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 roller coaster, <clears throat> or or also it this game week, coaster, you know, right? yeah, like this game I put my armband on Palmer. You know, we talked about that a lot. He played mm-hmm. one of the first games, so if he if he doesn't score, then you feel maybe quite bad for the rest of the week. In this case, he did score, so now I'm feeling quite happy. Um, so it's really about balancing those emotions, and and uh, yeah, and to your point, you know, focus on the positives, right? We're having all these nice discussions. We're meeting a lot of nice and interesting people. Mm-hmm. We're learning. I think that's also definitely. I think the objective of what we're trying to do here. Let, let's also, you know, learn, benefiting from the analytics and, and, and from the optimization. Um, so yeah, let's let's focus on the positives. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. you summarized that's it the pretty co- well. Oh right. yeah, that's the conclusion. All right, but yeah, know, it's it's good it's good to uh, sometimes again uh, bring in chase right to to balance it. Yeah. I think that's okay. <laughs> it we will turn this into listening. an anti-FPL <laughs> podcast <laughs> how to quit yeah. the FPL addiction yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. okay cool all right I think that's it for today yeah I think so okay cool well uh, as mentioned everyone so we'll leave our usual content for next week uh, once the game week is over <laughs> uh, and that includes also then an update about our mini-league uh, this was FPL Optimized Podcast, episode number 75. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of Game Week 21. And we will be back with another episode next week to prepare for Game Week 22. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll get notified when the next episode is released. And do follow us on X. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. And you can also find us on YouTube. And until next time, stay curious and
1: stay analytical. Goodbye. Goodbye.